Hi, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at San Philip United Methodist Church, and we just uh, welcome you to our latest podcast here from San Philip. As we begin, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Oh Lord, at this time, uh, frigid weather is moving through our state and through our area, and we just pray for all of those who are suffering because of the cold. We pray, oh God, that you would take this time to uh, draw us all closer together and help us to support one another in tough times like this. Those of us who have warm and good places to be uh, and dry places to be, we thank you for them. We thank you for all the ways that you bless us so many times and in so many ways. Lord, we also lift up uh, our country to you and pray, Lord, that you would just bring healing to our land. And also we pray for those that we know that are ill, uh, our loved ones, Lord, that are hurting and facing different things. We pray for them. And those who are listening to this podcast right now, uh, we pray, Lord, that you would touch them if they're uh, ill. And we pray, oh Lord, that if they have financial needs, that you would meet those needs. And if they have spiritual needs, that you'd meet those needs. And we pray, O oh Lord, that as we uh, open uh, uh, your word today, that you will just speak to us, Lord God, and quicken our spirits and help us to grow in you. Thank you for this time that we have together now. We know that you've told us that where two or more are gathered together in your name, that you're with them. And so we welcome you for your presence right here with us right now. Amen. Well, this is Transfiguration Sunday. It's the time when we remember the Lord being revealed to Peter, James, and John, and us in glory, uh, accompanied by Moses and Elijah. Now, here's the account according to Mark, which is found in the ninth chapter of Mark. We'll be reading the second through the ninth verses, but before I even say this, let me just mention to you that uh, Mark was Peter's interpreter. Whenever Peter would go around and preach, Mark went with him and he interpreted. And so the Gospel of Mark could also be called the Gospel of Peter because Mark heard these stories over and over again from Peter. Now, reading from Mark, the ninth chapter, the second through the ninth verses. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and brought them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his garments became radiant and exceedingly white as no longer on earth could ever whiten them. Elijah appeared to them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to answer, for they became terrified. Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. All at once they looked around 
and saw no one with them anymore except Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, he gave them orders not to relate to anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man rose from the dead. What a moment! Jesus is transfigured, and the three disciples get to see him in his glory. And not only that, but he's visited by Moses, who gave us the law, and Elijah, who is the penultimate prophet. And so here we see represented the law, the prophets, and the Savior. As I considered this uh, the past week, I remembered Jesus' words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Now, the law is the way. It's God's revelation as the way, to the way he really wants his people to live. The prophets, uh, they gave us the truth. Uh, the truth as to how we were really supposed to be relating, into the, re relating to the law. Uh, and showing us over and over again how far short we can fall from the law. And then the Savior brings us the true life that the way and the truth are used by God to call us to. By themselves, the law kills, the truth hurts, but Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets and brings us life and love in a way that we would never have it before. Now, I want you to keep in mind this key verse uh, today, and actually for the next five weeks, it's verse number seven. Then a cloud formed, overshadowing them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And with those words in mind, I want to show you something. In the previous chapter, about a week earlier, we witnessed Peter's great confession that Jesus is the Messiah. Here's the account. It's found in Mark 8, beginning with the 27th verse. Jesus went out, along with his disciples, to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way, he questioned his disciples, saying to them, Who do people say that I am? They told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others one of the prophets. And he continued by questioning them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, You are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. Now here Peter proclaims to Jesus, you are the Christ. And in another one of the Gospels, it adds, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then look what happens immediately after this. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. 
But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. Peter tells Jesus, whom he just professed to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, no, Jesus, you can't act like that. You can't do that. That's not going to happen. Really? Is that how you react to the words of the Son of the living God? Now, let's face it. That's where a lot of people who name Jesus as Savior and Lord are in their Christian walk right now. I discovered a new word just today. And that's the word floxenosinophilification. I said that wrong. Floxenosinophilification. It's the estimation of something as being unimportant or having no value or being worthless. As I thought about this word this morning, it hit me like a ton of bricks. That is what so many people do with the words of Jesus. Flossinila philippilification. They actually consider his words unimportant or having no value or being worthless. Now, Peter knows who Jesus is, but he has no idea how to handle what Jesus says. And here he is arguing with Jesus, rebuking him instead of really listening in faith. You see, Peter <clears throat> is taking this whole Messiah thing that he has in his head, and he's trying to force Jesus into his idea of who he wants Jesus to be. He has filters and a worldview and a belief system that can't really accept what Jesus is saying. And let's face it, there are a lot of people that are doing that very thing. They're taking their filters to the Bible. <clears throat> Following this, Jesus continues. Now, as you listen to this, try to hear it without any of your own filters changing what Jesus is really saying. This is continuing right on where we left off a while ago with verse 34. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. <clears throat> now listen to this last verse again. 
For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. You see, you either esteem his words, you value them, you draw from them, or you hold them as something embarrassing, something you don't really want to be associated with. And he says that there are dire consequences for not taking his words seriously. And that brings us now back up to the Mount of Transfiguration uh, that we read about at the beginning. This wound up being the big moment in the lives of Peter, James, and John. It just really struck with them. John, in his gospel, as he begins, he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And listen to this. We saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John mentions uh, the transfiguration again in his epistles. And then Peter, in 2 Peter 1, 16 and 18, he says this, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now the season of Lent will begin this coming Wednesday, and it'll run until Easter Sunday, which will be on April the 4th this year. And Lent is a time when we Christians take time to step back and take stock of our walk with the Lord. Now, our theme here for Lent is going to be one that I hope will help us all to continue to grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to call it Jesus Unfiltered because I've discovered that so many people take so many filters to the Bible with them. And we want to get those filters out of the way so you can hear the pure Word of God speaking directly to your heart. The question that comes to us this morning is have we really taken the words of Jesus purely and seriously? Have we received them and valued them in faith? Or have we been guilty of phloxanalsonyla pilification? On the Mount of Transfiguration, as God reveals Jesus to us for who he really is and tells us what he expects of us uh, to do with these words. He uses these words. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. This is a command from God, 
And we saw earlier, it's also a command from Jesus. We have to value his words. Have we really been listening to the words of Jesus as our Heavenly Father and our Lord Jesus have both told us to? Or have we been listening through filters and assumptions that keep us from really hearing what he has to say? It can easily happen. Diana Bonet, who is a listening consultant and author of The Business of Listening, shares this story. A $100,000 error was caused by a dispatcher who, did, who routed a fleet of drivers to deliver building materials to the wrong state. The dispatcher heard the city, Portland, but quit listening before he heard the state, Maine. The result? Eight trucks, 3,000 miles away in Portland, Oregon. Now, you know, a $100,000 mistake is costly. That should teach us to listen without filters and to also listen. As we read earlier, <coughs> for what does it, pro Jesus said, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Our eternal soul is worth so much more than $100,000. Let's make sure we really listen when it comes to the words of Jesus. Now, as I mentioned, for the next five Sundays, we're going to be prayerfully reviewing some of the hard sayings of Jesus. As we approach them, let's be praying that the Lord will help us to hear with ears and hearts of unfiltered faith. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have uh, tapped us on the shoulder and told us once more, listen. Heavenly Father, you have commanded us to listen to your Son, and we know that it is only through him that we can find eternal life. And Lord, there's some listening this morning that uh, uh, have not really received the life that you have told them you have for them. If that's them, draw them to you, Lord. And Lord, uh, some of them are being drawn to you right now. And if you are being drawn to the Lord right now and you want to give your heart to him, just pray this prayer with me. Lord, I have been living life my way and it hasn't worked out the way I wanted it to. I know that your way is better. And so now I come to you and I surrender my life to you. I give it to you. I don't want to lose my life. I want to save it by giving it up today. And so I give it up to you, and I just open my heart to receive the orders that you have from me for this moment on in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you went and died on the cross for my sins so that the slate could be wiped clean between me and you and so that we could joyfully uh, fellowship together. 
and so that you could come into my heart. I, I receive the forgiveness that you offer, and I thank you for it. And I ask you now to come into my heart, Lord Jesus, so that I can live for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And Lord, for those who just prayed that prayer, I pray that you would just pour your Holy Spirit out upon them and uh, just uh, enter their hearts and make your abode with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us uh, at this time and uh, looking forward to seeing you next